previously on This Guy Sucks. And before I let you guys go, I just want to say fire up your Bijan Robinsons this week. There is a little report that he's having a little head issue, but I don't think that's going to be anything to worry about. He should be a full go. I'm looking at record carries, targets, and potentially breaking the fantasy football single game scoring record. So if you've got Bijan, get him in there. If you don't, trade everything you have for him. This is the guy you're going to want carrying you to your championship. You can bet on that. Welcome to This Guy Sucks with Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. I'm Chuck Bass. Arthur Smith, you big, fat, burly fuck. All right. I think I got that out of my system. I don't feel any better, but at least I can stop screaming at my wife and my dog. This was the weeks, folks. This was the week. There was actually a lot to be happy about from a fantasy perspective. A lot of the backup quarterbacks still provided pretty capable support. For our wide receivers, practice squad running backs were elevated to starting roles, and they actually were not horrific. And even the tight ends all showed up on National Tight End Day, which honestly, I'm fucking sick of hearing about National Tight End Day. I don't care. I don't care about it. Take it out back and shoot it. Nobody fucking cares. But that's not the point. Something still stank, and I could smell it through the TV screen. And I know you probably could too. And this is where being a hater has its perks because you don't get the wool pulled over your eyes by some peppy announcers and some intro to design level graphics. Nope, 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 nope. Every single game had at least one prominent coach or quarterback disaster that deserves to be tied to a log and rolled down the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Now, let's cover a couple of chucks and sucks and then we will get to every single one of them. And who better to guide us through the theme this week than the biggest weasel in sitcom history, Mr. Art Vandelay himself. Let's get to it. It's a two-hour drive. (laughs) Once you get in that car, we are going all the way. (laughs) All right. You want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts! Up first, the Chuck of the Week. It is players like Deonta Foreman that make me wish I was bigger than six and a half inches down there, just so I could feel a little bit more blood foe. 31.5 points off 120 yards and three touchdowns with a delightful 5.56 yards per carry. Now, usually I pay no attention to yards per carry. It's not really a great indicator for what's going on. But the fact that he did that behind a patchwork offensive line, a no-name rookie quarterback, and facing eight men in the box over 30% of the time is pretty astounding, especially for a guy who's not exactly known to make guys miss like Donta Foreman. So all the way oppressive, all the way across the board. This is one of those rare instances where we can actually look at the NFL as fans and say, we know more than they do, because this is someone who has deserved to be in the rotation since week one. We've seen him rebound from an early career Achilles tear to have extremely nice stints in Tennessee, Carolina, and now Chicago. And while I don't believe the Bears are competent enough to let him stay in the sun long enough to get a tan, I do find it impossible to believe he won't be at least a part of the mix going forward, despite them bringing back Roshan Johnson and eventually Khalil Herbert. So don't go dropping him yet. On the flip side, the suck of the week goes to a player like Austin Eckler, who actually makes me wish I was smaller than 6.5 inches down there so that I wouldn't keep hitting my dick when I slammed the toilet lid shut. After having to be subjected to the war crime that was watching Joshua Kelly play in his absence for a month, 
the return of Austin Eckler has been ice fucking cold. And it's not like that Joe Rogan polar plunge ice bath that rich people use to outthink and outlive the rest of us. I mean like being tied up and thrown into the Hudson River in February. We shook off his eight points last week as rust, but to follow it up with five points out of on 45 yards and one reception against the Chiefs is pit to full. In a vacuum, that's all pretty tough to take, but then you throw in Joshua Kelly ripping off a 50-yard touchdown run to boost his fantasy input output to 13.5 points. Nah, just bullshit. I expected this kind of three-cup shell game scam to come from some other remedial offense like Denver or New England, but not a Brandon Staley coach team. Okay, never mind. Uh, now I realize how much of a fucking idiot I sound. Moving on. This is not good. Worlds are colliding. George is getting upset. All right, sponsor time. Now, last week's show was sponsored by Vagisil, and that actually turned out to be the first willing and consistent supporter of the show since DiGiorno's all the way back in season one. However, in these modern times, my board decided that our show has to rise above the lowbrow stuff and move into business with companies whose values reflect that of modern audiences. And there is no company more a part of your daily modern life than Johnson & Johnson, From one-hitter vaccines to baby powder linked to ovarian cancer, J&J has been there through it all. Currently in the midst of filing for bankruptcy, they need your support now more than ever. Keep their corporate hearts in your thoughts the next time you sneak down to the basement to rip a J&J-supplied oxy, you hippie freak. Now, let's get to some awards. I don't understand. Things were going so great. What, What happened? Something must have happened. It's not you. It's me. You're giving me the it's not you, it's me routine? I invented it's not you, it's me. Nobody tells me it's them, not me. If it's anybody, it's me. Oh, gross. George, it's you. You're damn right it's me. <laughs> the you're damn right it is award absolutely, positively, unquestionably goes to the entire Atlanta Falcons organization. Arthur Smith just broke into my house and gave me a prison hug without warning, mind you, Look, I expect Desmond Ritter to be bad. I don't care how many yards he's throwing for. I expect him to play like a sub-average quarterback, which he did. I expect Kyle Pitts and Drake London to be poorly utilized. I expect Tyler Algier to be overly involved. But what I did not see coming was a serial raping, the likes of which we haven't seen since the Japanese took Nanking. Now, apparently, Bijan Robinson reported some slight head pain Saturday, It was not consequential enough for the Falcons to report the injury, but at the same time, it was such a factor that they played him for less than five snaps. Okay, that's not the craziest thing we've ever heard. It sucks ass, but it's not wild. The real kicker comes at the end of the game, and I don't mean Young-Way Koo. The actual real kicker comes at the end of the game where his first action is a full-speed dive right into one of the biggest defensive lines in the league, which is something any coach would do if they were trying to protect their player and their winning position. Then Smith had the gall to come out and say that Bijan was out there because he's the two-minute drill running back. What a crock of shit. My guess is that he needed one touch in order to secure some clause or avoid some sort of fine for misleading the league or gambling sponsors. I don't know. This isn't some deep state shit because the league is actually filing an investigation on what the hell happened. So you know that this is a pro Roger Goodell podcast. Roger's with us on this one. Fuck these tricks. Pretty pretty terrible. Uh, And while it won't end with Smith getting canned like I would prefer because not only is he leading the division, but they're probably on track to host a playoff game, uh, I will accept him having to sit through two hours of the Marvels as punishment. Where are they? Maybe he didn't show up. 
What, you don't want to do this? I don't think there's ever been an appointment in my life where I wanted the other guy to show up. The Please Don't Show Up Award goes to the personal coaching philosophy of one Josh McDaniels. And in reality, I do get it. Uh, His only wins come when the other team doesn't show up, like the Patriots last week or the Packers the week before that. I respect having that attitude. It's very weaselish and fits in very well with the theme today because in the NFL, it is very easy to let other people make the mistakes for you. Um, But that's where Boo caught them sleeping. The Bears were... The Bears team from weeks one through six were the kind of team that loved to break an appointment. They were doing it on the reg. They were all bread and no butter. But these week seven Bears, different story. All-time Division II passing leader, Tyson Badgent. Got it. Is that right? Because I'm not re-recording this. That better be right. Paired with the aforementioned Deonta Foreman, enter the scene and you've got a stew going, baby. The roster suddenly becomes full of guys fighting for the next contract. And those are the kind of guys that show up to appointments. If you're traveling on the road with a 38-year-old Brian Horror at quarterback, that's not what you want, and I don't see any benefit of playing him over Aiden O'Connell, especially considering the level of play that both of them brought. Why wouldn't you want to continue to develop your young guy? Um, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers still somehow squeaked their way to decent days, but the swift downfall of all of this truly is losing another running back in the fantasy football community in Josh Jacobs. Not losing him to injury, but just losing him to the void. Uh, He has crashed back down to earth. He's got 118 rushes for 347 yards this season, which amounts to a measly, pathetic 2.9 yards per carry. And like I said in the open, yards per carry is hardly a running back stat that we like to put a lot of emphasis on. It's typically more blocking involved, and their blocking has been abysmal this year. So um, you can look to that as a sign of this is not going to get much better unless there's some schematic or personnel changes, neither of which I see would be happening. Uh, A number that low also indicates that the running back is not really doing much to turn nothing into something. And coming off of such a high usage season in 2022, that actually sadly makes perfect sense. Uh, It does not get any easier with upcoming bouts against the Lions, Giants, and Jets in their next three. Uh, Potentially a cheap trade target if you're a rich guy, rich team that can afford the depth. And I'm sure you're going to get a salty Jacobs owner uh, who will be hopefully as inebriated as they are depressed. How could they not fire you? I thought I'd fail at failing. Oh, come on, man. I feel like I can't do anything wrong. Nonsense. You do everything wrong. Everything. Everything. You really think so? Absolutely. I have no confidence in you. All right. I guess I just have to pick myself up, dust myself off, and throw myself right back down again. That's the spirit. You suck. I know. The Right Back Down Award should forever and always go to the Washington Commanders football team skins. Fresh off a mildly disappointing win and taking on the free-falling Giants should have been a chance for them to gain some momentum. Instead, Sam Howell took six sacks and the team took its most consequential L of the year. Let's pair a coach that thinks he's that dude in Riverboat Ron with a quarterback that undoubtedly thinks he's that dude in Sam Howell. Put a bunch of talent around them and watch the legs fall out like a gym bro over squatting his max. This is the same old story for the commanders. They cannot break this cycle. Um, it's just a bad combination when you've got a bad coach on the hot seat and a quarterback still discovering himself, even if that self is not being able to walk upstairs by the time he's 40. So you've got a coach that is not doing a whole lot to let young players develop, and you've got a bunch of young players that need to be developed. Perfect shitstorm. It's not for lack of effort either. Scary Terry has 35 targets in his last four games. 
Dodson and Samuel are right behind him in the mid twenties. Um, I've hammered Eric Bieniemy enough on this show, and for good reason. But in reality, they just suck. These guys suck. The Giants with Tyrod Taylor, they don't quite suck as much. Uh, big hot days for Saquon and Waller, and that's all that really matters. I just wanted to shout them out because they deserve it. I almost made a date with one. Oh, so there's still hope. I don't want hope. Hope is killing me. My dream is to become hopeless. When you're hopeless, you don't care. Mm-hmm. And when you don't care, that indifference makes you attractive. Uh-huh. So hopelessness is the key. My only hope. <laughs> a hopeless attraction award goes to Gardner Minshew, who I did not think I would be talking about much more on this podcast. And believe me, it is bittersweet as someone who is up to his ass in Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. We all collectively know what Minshew was, what he is, and what he will be. And so does he. But he doesn't fucking care. Soft-ass Jaguars back seven. Let's throw it 55 times. Potentially best defense in the league in the Browns. 305 yards and four total touchdowns, including two on the ground. Just shoving that pole right up my ass. Now, were both of the passing touchdowns busted plays with bad tackling? Yes, sir. But will any one of those... Anyone other than people who started the Cleveland defense care? Absolutely fucking not. The best part is that as a Colts fan, the only thing you wanted out of this season was some excitement. No pressure to win, no expectations. Just develop your young talent and get a nice draft pick at the end of the day. And you are on track for all of that. This team is unhinged and that makes them dangerous in a league full of soft shell coverage and check down Charlies. It's nice to have a little bit of danger. So hopefully we get a little bit more of this from Gardner. You know, George, the ocean called. They're running out of shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Riley? <laughs> well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. What's the difference? You're their all-time bestseller. (laughs) Yeah? Well, I had sex with your wife. His wife is in a coma. The Jerk Store Award, and you know we had to do it, goes to whatever the hell is going on with the Arizona Cardinals, the only group of cock jockeys that could find a way to be cold in Arizona in October. Let's walk through the bullshit. Joshua Dobbs has completely fallen off the map, going from serviceable underdog quarterback to unwatchable in only a matter of weeks. He is 32nd in EPA and completion percentage over expectation. 29th in adjusted EPA, 31st in success rate, and number one in just absolutely slaughtering my Hollywood Brown shares. Hollywood Brown is out there, man. He's doing it. He's 94% of the snaps, which is top eight in the league, yet he only has 11 receptions in his last three games. Brutal. Zach Ertz just went on IR, and that's just the passing game that we're talking about. The run game is the jerk superstore. We knew it would be patchwork after James Conner went down, but I did not expect to get my nuts ripped up through my own anus. Week seven, Amari DiMercato is the big ad, and he gets the fourth, nah, the fourth most rushing attempts on the league behind Rondell Moore, for crying out loud. Whatever, not the most insane thing. We didn't think he was going to be that good anyways. Keontae Ingram, listed as RB1 on the depth chart, leads that same team with 10 rushes and does an eh, all right job. Week eight, he gets zero snaps. None yet. Not a single budgeon snap. No injury, no team issue, just a fat goosey egg dipped gently into my mouth. Fortunately for him, that was still only 0.3 points less than what Bijan Robinson scored. At this rate, 
Only Kyler Murray can come in like an angel investor and save this jerk store from going completely under. That or he'll have sex with Jonathan Gannon's wife. George, anything you have to say to her, you can say in front of me. Jerry, this woman hates me so much. I'm starting to like her. What? She just dislikes me so much. It's irresistible. The hates me so much I'm starting to like him award is somehow in 2023, the year of the rabbit going to Kenny Pickett and the Pickettsburg Steelers. I don't know what is happening. You look me dead in the eyebrows and tell me how not only are they winning these games, but they're providing fantasy value. George Pickens had a second consecutive 100-yard game. Deontay Johnson returned from IR to a more impressive than the stats showed 10-point game. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren scored. Not only did anyone thrive, everyone thrived. Now we ask, why? What happened here? Did Matt Canada somehow adjust his offense after the bye? Possibly, but give me a break. Did Kenny Pickett begin his slow ascent into QB maturity? Could be, but mm, give me a break. Did the return of Deontay Johnson take more pressure off of everybody else and thus allow them to operate more comfortably in their roles? I'm open to it, but give me a break. Only one thing could have made this big of an impact. They have all become fully vaccinated. I'm not sure if that's publicly available information or not, but it's the only thing that makes sense. Johnson and Johnson are going to love hearing such a shout out. I'm sorry, but we we have to break up. No. What's that? We're not breaking up. We're not? No. All right. She said no? She said no. What did you do? What could I do? We fooled around and went to a movie. Let me hear your arguments. Well, I don't really like her. That's good. I don't find her attractive. Solid. I'd like to sleep with a lot of other women. Always popular. Sometimes at restaurants, she talks to her food. Ew, Mr. Mashed Potatoes, you are so good. You have an airtight case. And in bed. I'm afraid we're out of time. A good case to break up award has to go to my favorite person to hate on in the league, Brock Purdy. Last week, I was very cautious to pile on him because they lost guys mid-game and the conditions were awful, and I've seen much worse quarterback play this year. This week, he gave himself the skid mark we've all been waiting to find when we do his laundry. Full McCaffrey, full Ayuk, full Kittle, and a guy could just not get anything going. Christian McCaffrey did all the work in this game, scoring the 49ers' only touchdowns, doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, which we all knew was hot and we all knew was sexy, but the tale of the quarterback tape comes from Purdy's inability to push the ball even remotely downfield when defenses are prepped for it. This is where he struggled most of the year. Brandon Ayuk only had one target in the second half, despite all of the replays showing him being wide open over and over and over again. And Vikings defensive coordinator Brian Flores did a fantastic job of manipulating the tendencies that Purdy likes to lean on and just capitalizing on the mistakes that we knew were going to be coming. Now, we know that they had no Debo, but honestly, the fact that this is the kind of performance that they're going to be putting out is a come up a little bit of a blueprint for this team. The Browns played them very similarly, which means there is a possibility of bringing the offense back into the stratosphere. They're still going to remain one of the two to three best in the league because just by default, their floor is higher than anybody else's. Um, and you know, we still had a nice day from Kittle, which means that the production is still coming, you know, in spurts. Um, but we're all feeling a little bit justified when we were wondering how long this toxic relationship might last. I was in the pool. I was in the pool. Well, I just got back from swimming in the pool and the water was cold. Uh, 
You mean shrinkage? Yes. The shrinkage award, which I am contractually bound to mention when we're doing a show about George Costanza. Uh, this goes to Jared Goff and the Lions who got manhandled by the Ravens. There's really not a whole lot that we can actually glean from this. I just wanted to throw some dirt on them. Sometimes good teams just get their shit pushed in by better teams and we all just move on. The Ravens offense was on fire early, which put the Lions down four touchdowns midway through the second quarter. Uh, Now you'd think that would be prime time garbage time, but the Ravens just pitched a perfect game on defense. Every single defensive play call took away their first read and Jared Goff just melted under having to think for himself. He was running out of clean pockets. He was sticking around dirty ones. Uh, And he just looked generally like the guy we all thought might be there deep down. However, they got forced out of their bread and butter early and they had to run like their highest 11 personnel that they've run since Dan Campbell was the head coach. Uh, And while most teams don't get blown out when they're forced to play left-handed, they don't exactly have all the answers either. The Lions needed a game like this to sober them up. And when they get David Montgomery back and all of their pass catchers, you know, experience the familiarity of playing together more and more. You've got a rookie tight end out there. Jamison Williams is still basically a rookie. It's just going to take some time. I'll expect them to be better equipped down the line. And if there's one quarterback outside of Mahomes that can make any NFL team look like the Auburn Tigers, it's Lamar Jackson. And that's the thing. If you're a Lions fan, that's the thing about shrinkage. It eventually goes away. Arnold Palmer alert, Arnold Palmer alert, who wants some Arnie Palmies? <laughs> Sweetie, this one is the Baki right here. All right. I want to get us out of here with some delusions. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. We have seen enough to make some judgment calls on some situations around the league. So here are a few things that aren't lies because I believe them. The Buffalo Bills offense is fantastic. Deshaun Watson will never be the same quarterback he was before. The Packers offense will be good once they finally have everybody playing consistently. Tua Tagovailoa is Brock Purdy with better branding. Kirk Cousins can still win a Super Bowl. Justin Fields is still the unquestioned Bears quarterback one. Derrick Henry is still very good. Dennis Allen will be the first head coach fired. International games are for skirts and for lames. Woof, that felt good. All right. It's a short life, and for some of you, it's going to be even shorter because of your decision-making. So I appreciate you taking a little time to listen to me ramble on. We're halfway through our Seinfeld series, so be on the lookout for Elaine and Jerry episodes that come in the upcoming weeks. And as always, you can find me on another fantasy show Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., doing start sits and being a clown. You can also find me on the TSS Dynasty Hour Wednesday nights at 9.30, hammering out Dynasty content and being a clown. Until then, cheers. 